I often get asked, is podcasting going to kill this? Is it going to kill that? I think you just get different mediums. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's a new way in which you can distribute content, um, but it's not that much different from going, let's say, from VHS types to you know, DVD or you know, making a switch from one technology to another. It certainly gives you new options. Welcome to the Podcast Sessions with your host, Ritendo Nyamuda. Each week, we take you behind the mic as we interview podcast hosts, podcast producers, and those within the podcast industry. On today's show, we have the COO of Iona FM, Francois Retief. Can you tell us a little bit about Iona FM and what exactly is a hosting platform? Excellent, very good question. So a bit of background from my position, which will tell you what I'm talking about. So as the Chief Operating Officer, I liaise with uh, any of the radio stations and podcasters that work with us. So on a high level, strategic level. And I also work with the ad industry and um, my department is also responsible for all the client support. So that gives me a very good overview of what's happening in the field. So I only started more than 10 years ago and um, I was working at a vehicle tracking company and the commercial director came to me. Um, I actually realized at that point I wanted to start working for myself, developing cool technology. And, and Ryan, whom I worked closely with, who was the commercial uh, director or commercial manager, he came to me and he said, listen, um, I said, I'm resigning. He said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I want to develop technology. And he said, I've got this great idea. You know, I, I love listening to the radio, but it's just, you know, it's not working for me. I want to do something like PVR for radio. And um, to put that into perspective at that stage, um, if you were talking about smartphones, the smartest phones we had was um, Palm Pilots and Nokia's. Mm. And there was this company called Grimm that was working on a BlackBerry. Um, Apple just made computers and, you know, laptops and um, little you know, music players that you could carry around. And Google was just a search engine. So it was quite a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but out of this, out of this um, need to be able to get access to good spoken audio. We we worked on something which became podcasting later on, but basically the ability to have time-shifted spoken audio, which you can easily access and uh, which allowed you to listen to the stuff that you wanted to wherever you were on your personal device. What year was this around when you guys had this? The first concept studies we started doing into Iona was in October 2007. Oh, wow. Concept. And the first... And the first concept we did was, is it possible to send audio over the internet and get it across uh, over uh, a mobile data, get it across fast enough, and would it be affordable? And I love that that you started something, as you said, like about 10 years ago, that now has become, it's blown up completely. And that's that speaks to vision and foresight. I think a lot of the time when people start things, whether it's a podcast or a company or a business, um, sometimes there is this need or desire to have things turn around tomorrow and that you're a billionaire tomorrow or you're the you know most well-known company in your industry tomorrow and what you're saying is it's been 10 years yes they've been you know the numbers have increased over the years but the foundations of this company which a lot of people are using to host their podcasts on is 10 years ago 
Um, and speaking of laugh at that, so I've got a funny story, and, and obviously we talked yes. to a bunch of entrepreneurs, and this is a this is a, a common story amongst entrepreneurs. You know, you walk in the street, somebody comes up to you, and they say, "Oh, you know, your company just suddenly exploded onto the scene in the last year." Yeah. And the default answer is, "No, no, we've slowly been exploding onto the scene, you know, for the last ten years or so." so <laughs> I love common. it. It takes you know, it takes time to build something. And especially mm-hmm. if you're opening up a completely new industry and you're doing something which you know, at that point in time doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, it does take time. So when we speak of a hosting platform, what are the fun- fundamentals of a hosting platform? That's also a very good question. And um, one of the master elements for uh, um, podcast hosting and also streaming. So you've got two types of distribution platforms. You have something like an iTunes, which is a listing platform. And you've got something like IONO, which is a hosting platform. So the hosting platform is where your content is physically kept. If you talk about podcasts, that's where all the files are. If you, for example, ask iTunes for an IONO podcast, they just send that uh, um, that request onto us and we provide the file. Now, um, when you talk about syndication, it's uh, there are a lot of advantages in being listed on a number of platforms. Um, you know, you ex- uh, increase your exposure. Um, hosting, you want to try and minimize that you're not on too many platforms because the moment you have more than one hosting platform, you start splitting your analytics, you have multiple advertising mechanisms. So I know as a hosting platform, we get the files, we get the audio streams, we translate them into various formats, we deliver it to all your users, we give you good analytics as to what they're using, we provide all the mechanisms to interface and get all of those files. One thing I want to go into is the numbers and the growth. Um, how has the podcast industry grown in the last few years? I know um, even one of the graphs you had sent me, there was like an, a tremendous spike. It was, you know, it started off, you know, kind of fairly flat. And then I guess it was, where was it? 2000 and was it 14, 15? Mm. I think you're referring to the uh, IONO uh, FM platform graph. Yes. Um, 2008, 19, you can't even really see the numbers. I chose this timeline because this corresponds with the, a period uh, within which Edison has been doing their research when they started in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so you see t- exactly 2013, still low, and then actually so 2014, which incidentally is the year that Serial came out and in South Africa, the year that Gareth Cliff started, Cliff Central, and a whole bunch of things happened. Wow. And we had this massive spike. But even you know afterwards, you can see that it's still growing exponentially. And in actual fact, um, I just wanted to check on numbers, but I sent an update on um, what's happening with um, COVID-19, both in terms of of streaming and podcasting. Mm -hmm. And um, we are sort of seeing about a 10% growth in terms of our numbers um, during this period. So um, so I think 2020 is going to be another good year for podcasting. In actual fact, if you look at a lot of our... um, of our streaming numbers, a lot of our, stre- our streaming is actually uh, up significantly. At the bottom, you have there had about 4.2 million unique SA listeners. Is that yes, correct? that was in 2018, and that is sort of across both podcasting and streaming. So okay. these are um, people that are listening to digital audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's South Africa, when Edison did their research last year, uh, which is the first podcast-based research. And um, they're doing the same surveys in America, in Germany, in Canada, in Australia. 
South Africa was about 10 years behind America in terms of podcasting. Wow. Um, but expected to catch up very quickly. So um, I think, you know, live streaming is slightly easier and more accessible for a lot of users. But once they're used to listening to audio on their phones and on the internet, then mm. the switch from there to podcasting is a very quick one. And I think we're going to see, especially after this lockdown period, mm. a lot of people have figured out how to listen to um, digital content. I think and a whole bunch of them just aren't going to go back to whatever they were consuming before. Yeah. And what, what would you say are the projected or predicted numbers in terms of listeners for podcasting in 2020? I've sort of been tracking that in a rolling number and we've been seeing, I'm speaking under correction, but uh, um, around about this 20% growth year on year. So okay. um, so I have to say um, getting accurate numbers in terms of listenership is, um, there's a lot of factors that plays into it. Maybe we should, mm-hmm. yeah, we, there's a whole conversation one can have around measurement. Okay. But in, in effect, you know, if you are a platform like ours, which distributes content across multiple platforms, mm-hmm. um, if somebody's on your own system, like uh, on our embedded players, which the radio stations use or our websites, then we get fairly detailed information from them. Okay. So you can see it's a male, female age group. We can distinguish between real users and just listening sessions. Mm. Um, once they start listening on iTunes or on Spotify or Google or any of these, you get a lot less data. So there you can make guesses around whether it's more than one, you know, uh, let's say the amount of listening sessions that you have but the rest of the data becomes um, a lot more fuzzy. Okay. So, but yeah, based, based upon that, um, you know, there's a good chance that we're going to have um, between five and on Iona between five and six million uh, audio listeners in 2020. You know, mm-hmm. that's quite an audience that you're talking about. And you said at the moment there has been a significant increase in listeners and engagement in terms of podcasting and audio streaming uh, on Iona FM. What would you say is the reason for the increase in listenership? I think, um, so there's general factors and there's factors in this period. And the general factors is that people are moving over into digital listening um, or they're moving you know, more into the digital space. You've There's a huge increase in the amount of people that consume your video on the internet. I think you know, one of the questions is what's happening to radio stations. And I think over time, even though you know, you'll have terrestrial radio sticking around, more and more people are going to be listening on the internet. Mm. Um, the, a lot of people are finding to their joy that they can get time-shifted content podcasts. Um, and there's a, there's a huge move towards um, audio on the internet because audio is the one medium you can consume in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be running around you know, at this point, probably circles in your garden, you know, which can get really boring. You're listening to fascinating podcasts. I did that uh, um, last weekend, for example, <laughs> uh, or cleaning the house or driving or, you know, commuting. You don't have to sit down and actively engage like you need to do with print or with video. You can just mm-hmm. have it in the background. Mm-hmm. And, that, um, and also, um, audio has always been the theater of the mind. So you, know, you can create hugely rich experiences and, and have amazing connections with people through using you know, the tone of your voice and the background music and the way that you put it together. So it's, it's an incredibly powerful medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of fallen behind a bit in recent years. You know, there was a fast move on 
print and of um, video onto the internet and time-shifted content and all sorts of stuff and, and audio just you know didn't have the same growth curve and I think it's starting to pick up now and mm. um, a lot of people that used to consume other types of content is now moving back into this or you know discovering it for the yeah. first time. It's interesting you mention you know publishing um, and even with COVID-19 you cannot go into it. I mean, well, I guess the numbers have fallen down. So in terms of buying a physical magazine or buying a newspaper, it's not as essential as food. So I'm assuming I would be actually be very interested to know what the physical selling um, numbers are for publications. You talk about sort of traditional mediums. And, yeah. and I've got this funny story and it's a couple of versions, but I've got a 12-year-old son and he doesn't know what to do with the radio. Yeah, he loves audio content. He's yeah. listening to podcasts and all sorts of stuff, but he's not interested in the radio. And similarly, you know, magazines, a printed magazine nowadays, you know, if you look at the cost of doing it, you know, cutting down trees and printing on paper, you know, newspaper that you read once and throw away. Mm. You know, those things for the, you know, for the younger generation, for most of them, and, and I think from a responsibility level, these should be digital things, which, you know, you can, you know, um, handle with a much smaller footprint. Mm. So I don't see yeah, I don't see my my kids you know read, reading traditional magazines yeah. and you know newspapers and listening to the radio. Even something like you know watching television for them is a, a outdated concept. So it's definitely it's going to move over. We haven't spoken about home speakers, which is one of the big trends, um, oh, not wow. in South Africa but internationally. Yeah, and um, we work with one of the large European streaming providers and. And they license some of our technology and you've got a quite close relationship. And they're saying, you know, they've got the equivalent of whole towns in, in the UK, which are just switching over to home speakers, you know, on a sort of oh. a month-to-month basis. So um, your your home speaker is replacing your radio and a whole range of other things in the house. And mm. that runs, you know, all on digital content. And so would you then say if, uh, especially looking at the future of, um, mediums and different media that am, am I wrong to say and it's quite a bold statement to say but companies and individuals who do not begin the transition to podcasting whether you're creating a podcast or have a podcast that you're going to fall behind definitely I think if you want to play in this market the people that are going to be successful are the people that either you know has the experience or the ability to figure it out very quickly, but very difficult to make up lost ground. And this is how I often get asked, is podcasting going to kill this? Is it going to kill that? I think you just get different mediums. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's a new way in which you can distribute content, um, but it's not that much different from going, let's say, from VHS types to you know, DVD or you know, making a switch from one technology to another simply gives you new options. But in essence, you're still creating audio content for a specific audience, connecting with them and providing them with value. Mm. Um, and if you really look at the high-level principles, what if you, you know, whether you're doing that via your traditional radio stream on AM, like back in the old days, or you know, doing a digital stream, or even a lot of the stuff that you do for podcasting, the basic principles are still the same. You're just mm-hmm. using a different mechanism. So I think it's a case of adapting to the future. You know, it's a similar case you 
almost to asking saying, you know, as a camera company, you know, should you be moving into digital pictures versus, you know, pictures on paper? The answer is yes, the market is moving. You always need to know what's happening in your business. Um, people often ask me, you know, what is the, the impact that the fourth industrial revolution going to be on, you know, yeah. this and this and this? And I'm sort of smiling on it, uh, smiling about it because it, and this is a bit of a sideline. But to be honest, you know, Africa is still trying to get fully into the third industrial revolution, <laughs> so which is you know, communication and internet and those things. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the, the more relevant question is what's happening to your industry? What are the trends? You know, what are the new the changes that you need to make to remain mm-hmm. current? What is the current uh, status of the monetization? aspect or element in of podcasting in South Africa and on the continent, if you know what that is as well? I don't have a lot of insight into the continent. Um, maybe we should start with the um, you know, with what's happening globally. IAB has been uh, um, the Interactive Advertising Board, which is a global uh, organization tracking digital advertising and also working on standards. They've been tracking advertising and they're predicting that uh, podcasting will exceed $1 billion next year. And you know, we'll have to see what this lockdown period has done, but that still looks like a good estimate. Now, if you look at sort of, you know, 2015, 16, 17, 18, this compound annual growth rate of um, 65%, which is tremendous growth. You can mm-hmm. see how this curve, how this, this uh, um, is climbing. So internationally, you know, you can also you can look at the amount of money that Spotify is spending. You know, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of these large companies are making major plays to become the dominant player in the podcasting space. Mm. So I think um, globally, there's definitely a lot more money and focus that will be available. Wow. South Africa is uh, it is getting there, but it's one of the cases where we're also a little bit behind. I think in terms of monetization, people often ask me, you know, how much money can you make out of out of podcasting? Um, it's not a get quick quick rich scheme. Mm-hmm. So the people that are successful are people that are passionate about it and are working out. There are some people that can make money purely out of advertising, but then you need to have very low overheads and you need to be very good at what you're doing. So um, in South Africa, currently, if we sell advertising, Depending on the type of audience, you can get anything from between 25 to yeah, up to a rand. Um, but the advertiser will spend for that ad running in the podcast. And once you've looked at sales commissions and other things, you know, it's typically about um, 57% or more goes through to the podcaster. Um, so based upon that, you can make your numbers and say, so let's say, and if I want to, you for example, my 60, 80, or 100,000 grants a month, how many ads needs to be delivered to my podcast? And mm-hmm. then, you know, you get a number. And it's there are people that have you know, got more than that, but it's, you know, successful podcasters in South Africa, you know, sort of in the you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of downloads a month wow. type of ranges from what we've seen. You need to, you know, you need to work to get to that level. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of people are doing is they've got hybrid models. You've got besides advertising, uh, some people have got premium content where you have to pay to get access to it, stuff behind paywalls. That's becoming a more popular um, model, especially what we haven't spoken about is how the, um, globally people are getting um, more restricted with the amount of information that make available on the internet. So okay. copy European uh, um, um 
general data protection regulations, all of these things removes the information which allows a platform to target advertising and make it more lucrative. So the, 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 the flip side is as people become more protective over their personal information, um, the, the advertiser needs to advertise broader to reach the same audience and the podcaster makes less money. Uh-huh. So there's, you know, it's always swings and roundabouts. So paid, pot, uh, paid um, content is becoming, um, or swing back towards that. Also, because businesses are focusing it, a lot of people, Central included, are focusing on um, bespoke content where you mm-hmm. make content for specific brands um, or even just have specific sponsorship deals. And then there's people that would um, use their podcast as an advertising mechanism to sell other stuff. And that's also very common. So so at um, your monetization is sort of it's part of a larger strategy and you'll have multiple components working together. We were talking uh, just on that. We have had so many discussions about lead magnets. Like how do you pull people in to sell uh, your services or your products? And I think podcasting is like possibly the greatest lead magnet you can have. It's, you know, low costs, easy to produce, and it's a conversation. So you have that human connection instead of advertising, which costs a lot of money. You know, if you're going to put on a massive ad on TV or on radio, doing it on podcast or having someone produce or, you know, host or, you know, do the job for you, it's cheaper and easier. Exactly. I forgot to mention that under the monetization models, but these um, podcast companies that with specific um, lead generation strategies for, for example, insurance companies and any sort of yeah, any sort of industry where um, there's a high value to a lead being generated, but where you need to gain trust in things. Mm-hmm. And something like podcasting works really well for them, especially because podcast podcast listeners identify so closely with the host and with the content of the podcast. And the, the, the question I was going to ask was on listenership. That's the other thing. What advice do you have for people who are who have a podcast and want to increase their listenership, want to get more ears, want to get more people listening? How does one go about that? I like to, once more, I like to step right back and look at the, the basic things. And I normally say to people, you need to do three things right. You need to have valuable content that people want to listen to. Mm-hmm. You need to make it easy for them to access the content and they need to know about it. And those are the three starting points. So valuable content we've already spoken about. And as a podcaster, that's probably an area that which you've thought about a lot and, and it's got some insight in. Um, but as I said, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be compelling for people that they want to listen to it and continue listening to it. The next thing which people often forget is you can have the greatest podcast in the world, but if people can't access it, you know, then you know if they need to send you a fax and you know with postage that they EFT to you and then you send them a flash drive, you know, <laughs> via the mail, you know, you're going to lose them. It's, it's an absurd, it's an absurd uh, um, example, but um, you know, it needs to be easy to access. So and there, a platform like ours can help a lot. That uh, makes sure that it works on any kind of device that enables you to host it or to list it on various platforms mm-hmm. and provide the infrastructure. Um, and there's stuff around, you know, um, do you use a website? Yeah, what is your distribution strategy? Mm-hmm. Are you going to link it to a, a mailing list? What are the things, you know, sort of, you know, that you're going to use to pull people, uh, to, to make it easy to access your content? And then the last bit is the advertising and promotion bit, because once more, you know, um, 
if your content is very good and it is um, easy to access, you will grow listeners. Um, but as with anything on the internet, and it's it's an exponential curve. That's the cool thing because there's such if there's such a large amount of people out there. If you've got a large you know audience type of content. Um, it will grow exponentially, but mm. your marketing is going to hugely increase that curve um, and also builds a relationship and it gets people to listen to the content. So normally you, know, you need to look at those three things and and your uh, numbers is, as, is going to be as good as the weakest link in that chain. You need to look at all of them and, and rather spend effort to make sure that all three of those elements are in the sort of at a decent level. Mm-hmm. And trying to over-optimize one. Sometimes you need to work with another company. That's where these um, uh, podcast growth companies comes in, where you know you can get other people that know about the distribution and the marketing, and and you can just focus on the aspect that you really good at. I love that. I've written down all three points, and I'm gonna go through all the details when I listen to this again because I think I think that's fundamental and that's crucial because a lot of people again ask. Where do I start? How do I build listeners? Do I just throw advertising out there? Do I post on every platform? And you're saying if you get these three fundamentals correct, then, you know, that's the formula. There are a number of hosting platforms in the world, um, international ones. um, But for me, Iona FM is absolutely incredible. In your opinion, why would you tell someone to host their podcast on Iono instead of another hosting platform i just want to say thank you very much for that um, that compliment that you've given us it's something which you know, i always really appreciate and i own as a business because mm. the stuff that we do and that we're passionate about is providing these technology tools for people to get this you know these amazing podcasts and messages out yeah and um you know what excites us is people appreciating that and finding that useful so thank you very much yep. the um there's a number of different platforms. Uh, so SoundCloud started off you know, as a podcasting. It actually started off as a music platform for garage bands, but there's a lot of podcasts on there. Um, you can have Spotify, for example, by moving into podcasting. There's, there's a couple of different podcasting platforms. The stuff that makes IONO unique, the first thing is IONO is, uh, I think I'm not aware of any um, African developed platform of this scale. Mm-hmm. Um, it was developed not just for ideal first world conditions. It was developed for people on older phones um, who has got more expensive data. In some cases, prepaid data. So it's a platform that works across a very very wide audience and caters to their needs. Um, we've also we've developed it to be sort of a. Um, we have a lot of small podcasters, but we don't just cater for small podcasters. We actually very strongly cater on you know slightly more serious podcasters all the way up to radio groups. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of growth that you can have on the platform, um, and we've had numerous tools like you know the ability for multiple administrators and various programs, and also the stuff that was built in from the beginning. Um, but at the same time, we try to keep it extremely simple in terms of the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got really really good reports. We've got the ability to not just keep people in our own ecosystem, which is you know, our players, although those are incredibly powerful, but we've just developed the system so that you can syndicate on various other listing services. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with built-in advertising. So, and if you look at all of those you know, items together, there's you know, 
really just a handful of companies in the world, the Triton Digital, you know, in America that does this, but they built their platform from a bunch of products that they acquired. Mm. Whereas Iona has been built this one product from the beginning, which does put us in, in, a, in a unique category there. Mm. And and to add to that, I for me personally, it comes down to it being an original African-based company as well. We're so quick to looking at the international ones and saying, oh, you know, this podcast is hosted by this platform. I must go there and pay X and do all of that. But you're doing something that's here. It comes back to like, let's support here and not let's support Iono FM because it's local. Let's support Iono FM because it's incredible. You know, what's what's cool for me about that exactly is we've um, we've got a, a number of international companies like the American companies where some person started using it and they've now referred us to uh, 30, 40 other radio stations and they contact us saying we've heard you're the best company to work with and that, that is incredible. But you know, it's uh, um, something which gives us a lot of pleasure to yeah. see that you. Know, people enjoy this. One of my favorite sort of stories is uh, way back when we, we sort of, you know, we just recently started and we started working with SABC and we were you know, working with a couple of international, the BBC and Deutsche Welle, etc. And so we get a support query in from a guy saying he's struggling to get the podcast to work on his particular handset, his phone. So look at it and I mail him back um, and uh, immediately saying, oh, this is the problem, this is what you need to do. He says, I'm so impressed, you know, with your fast response times, you know, uh, uh, what kind of company, where are you? Are you answering this from India or your American company? You know, and I look at this address, I said, no, we actually were in South Africa. And to be honest, we're just two stories above you. We're in the same <laughs> building. You want to walk over and come and have coffee? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, a lot of people are sort of uh, surprised when they, when they see this and, yeah, as you say, it, mm. it's a bit unfortunate that a lot of African people sort of think that um, you know, in order for something to be good, it needs to be from somewhere else. Yeah, uh, because we have such amazing things that that is happening here. And and in actual fact, if you look at technology and various other fields, you know, Africa is leading with a, a number of of um, products in a number of fields. Um, and then I guess any final thoughts or final words to people who are, um. I think specifically people who are on the cusp of starting a podcast, what would you say to them? What is that tipping point to just, you know, get them, get the ball rolling? I think um, there's a lot of good resources out there. I think the the place to start with people often ask you, what should my podcast be about? Mm -hmm. And my best answer is always is what really excites you? Because if you can focus your energy on that, you just need to connect to other people that, that feel the same. And that is the energy and the driving force to start from. And then, you know, you need to know a little bit about audio editing, but that is becoming easier and easier. You need to have a distribution platform. There are a number of those. Um, you need to figure out how you're going to market and provide it. There's number, numerous strategies for doing that as well. But that for me is the starting point, is um, what is it that really excites you and, and what is the message that you want to get out? And then, you know, work on your format, decide, you know, you're going to tell stories, you're going to do interviews, do a couple of tests with your friends um, and um, invest a bit of time in getting an audio platform that will really support you and mm -hmm. you will be optimal for what you want to do. And the, those, those for me are the, the most important things. And that brings us to the end of our show. 
Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and comment. And also don't forget to connect with us at thepodsessions.com.